Hey, it's Charlie. Thanks for listening to the Encouragers United Podcast. Welcome, Encouragers. We're stepping back in time and delving into this groundbreaking series that's been taking audiences by storm. It's called The Chosen. This series offers a fresh perspective on the life of Jesus Christ and the people who crossed his path. And it's been making waves for its innovative and stylistic approach to storytelling. Each week, Owen Miller and I will be discussing the characters, the plot, the production values, and what sets The Chosen apart from other adaptations of this timeless gospel story. Whether you're a devoted fan or just curious about what makes this a remarkable series, these episodes are for you. So grab your seat, tune in as we journey into the world of The Chosen. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us here. We are at Week number six. Oh, Owen. my goodness. Here we yes. are, man. We're just breezing through. I am here with my good friend and co-worker, Owen Miller. But then we have a wonderful guest host with us this week. Uh-oh. My daughter, Leah Griffith. Say hello. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yes. You are zooming in from where are you at right now? Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right now. So I'm yes, quite a bit away. Yeah. So you are yeah. you are the youngest of the Grimes girls. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Leah, and I am Charlie's youngest daughter. Um, I'm 24, and I'm married to my husband Caleb. We've been married since 2020, and we just had our first little son um, back in August. So I have an eight-week-old. And he's sleeping here next to me. So if he starts to cry, then, you know, you guys will know what's going on. But yeah, we are in the trenches of living with the newborn life and doing really well. Um, I work for a Pilates studio. So I um, I teach Pilates classes um, a couple times a week. And I also help manage the studio. So, um, but I'm also just a huge fan of The Chosen. So when yes. I found out that my dad was doing this, I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I'm right there with you. This is my third time watching it all the way through. Wow. Um, so I'm kind of circling back to season one, um, but we are all caught up. Caleb and I are just huge, huge fans of the show. So I'm super excited to go back through and watch season one, episode six, and talk a little bit about it. So Yes, absolutely. We well, thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> we it, got it's, an expert here. It's That's a blessing. Yeah, yeah, she might be able to teach us something. I know. Yeah. That's pretty no, cool. I'm just kidding. But thanks so much, Leah. It's great to connect with you. And my grandson's name is Callum Wayne Griffith. And we are so proud of you. And so thanks so much for joining us today. So, Owen, yes. as typically we've done each week, you've kind of helped us with what we call the cold open. There's a scene that kind of sets the tone. And so tell us a little bit about what that scene meant to you and kind of how it establishes the episode. Yes. So there's this like establishing uh, tracking shot here. And we start and we're in, a, in, in the city and there's a line of people and they're carrying their possessions that are like holding their things and uh, so we don't really know what's going on. And as we pan through this long line of people, uh, we get to the front entrance of what we see is a, a pawn shop, basically. And uh, there's a woman who is leaving this pawn shop and she is pretty angry. She throws her stuff and uh, calls him a liar. And uh, the next man comes in and he is someone that the man who runs the pawn shop doesn't recognize. And uh, he's like, oh, you must be a traveler. And he, he tells him that, you know, he's he is he's not from there. And. 
Um, he's trying to, you know, sell some things to get some money. Uh, when, as he's handing him what he's trying to sell, I think that's when the man who runs the pawn shop notices that this gentleman is a leper. He yeah. has a leprosy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy's not real comfortable with that. He really reacts. Like, he's <laughs> scared. I mean, everybody hates this disease. Uh, basically, these people were rejected and ostracized, you know. So he literally hits him with his cane, says, get back. Well, how dare you come in here? You know, and so Leah, remind us now, what did, how did this gentleman respond? Just trying to get through it. He kind of was hiding his, some of his marks as well. So he was trying to be secretive about it. Um, the guy, you know, he moved his, moved his wrist, saw the mark there of the, of the leprosy and just basically freaked out on him. So I'm, I'm assuming he was embarrassed. He was ashamed. He got scared and was like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to do my best. I'm trying to get done what I can get done. And basically just got sent away pretty quickly. So, yeah. um, and then I guess we can assume what happens after that, you know, everybody finds out about him and then he's got no, no uh, leg to stand on anymore. So, so yeah, that, and then the opening, you know, then your, your credits, yeah, the, the, the intro. yeah, the intro and everything. So it's a really dramatic start to the episode. Um, and if I remember correctly, then we're, then we're switched now after the intro to Nicodemus, we're going to catch up with Nicodemus and he's actually in front of a council of some sort, and he's trying to explain sort of what happened with John the Baptizer, right? Yeah. So one of you want to take that? Maybe Owen, you could is describe. This the, is this the scene in front of the council? Yeah. Okay. Right. And so, yeah, um, Nicodemus is basically talking to, who's who's the man in the chair? Help me understand that, Charlie. Because yeah. like, is, I like, believe he's a ruling council. So he's a, either a group of the Sadducees or a okay. group of the what we call the, the high court or the, oh, okay. high, the high court of high that area. Yep, okay. exactly. Okay, so Nicodemus is talking to him basically about John the Baptist and his meeting that he had with him in jail. Um, and so I, if I recall correctly, I believe Nicodemus kind of makes a case for John the Baptist that he probably shouldn't have been taken into custody for what he was preaching. Yeah. And uh, Shmuel is the, you know, his Nicodemus's, uh, apprentice yeah. or student yeah. a little bit and so he um you know he's he's the one who you know doesn't agree with Nicodemus think he was the one who got John the Baptist basically arrested for it yeah. and Nicodemus is not happy yeah they they have a little interaction that's pretty dramatic but it, it, you know and it's an interesting uh take that Nicodemus is trying to just say hey this guy we probably shouldn't even give him the time of day he's just a rebel he's from the outside you know, and so they, he's trying to kind of quiet it down. Uh, but I think they play it so well that Nicodemus actually knows there's something going on. Yes. Right. I mean, right. that's, that's the powerful part of this. And so um, then the, the scene changes and, you know, they're basically John, um, you is know, it, is it uh, the disciples, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're walking mm -hmm. and they're traveling Um They've got their camp. Do you remember this part, Leah, where they're they're in their yeah. camp and they're trying to yeah. pack up stuff? And so tell us a little bit about what you remember of that. I'm in and I believe uh, James, right, that are yeah. standing there. And Simon actually ends up asking James, you know, what did you do before he called you? Right. What did you do before you did this? And uh, he told him that he was going to join the choir or some sort of I'm sure it was some sort of high up um choir thing that he was talking about but he basically goes oh yeah and I was you know he, he was kind of poking fun at him right and then James decides to to show him you know his skills a little bit and he sings a song and at first it's super cute because everyone's kind of thrown off right they're like 
what is he doing? Why is he oh, singing yeah. right now? And it's just <laughs> kind of funny. It's funny to watch because I'm sure like I love that kind of thing because that's what every like that's what we would do in a group of my friends. We'd kind of just be like, oh, what's, okay, what's James doing? You know, and then they kind of get into it. You know, he sings this beautiful song. And then they're like, oh, okay. And they all clap. And it's just kind of like a cute little scene. And then I think Jesus shows up, right? If I'm yeah. 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 Well, it's just like a theater kid that just break out in song, right? That's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of awkward I, at first. And then we're like, oh, like, good what's job. He doing? <laughs> yeah. He's actually yep. pretty good. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> I, I see why he asked you. Yeah. yeah that, that's one that of the, was the most I understand now. Of, yeah. For that scene to me, it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, Simon kind of has the wrong idea. Like he's yeah. kind of, you know, he's getting to know the other disciples and he's kind of feeling them out. Like, why did Jesus call them? And so when, you know, he shows his voice and that he's, he's a really good singer, Jesus is like, well, or Simon's like, well, no, no wonder Jesus. I think some insecurity. Yeah. yeah. Some insecurity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's going to play out later. We'll talk about that when they have the crowd and sort of, you know, Peter, Simon, you know, is trying to figure out his role. So, but anyway. So Jesus comes to him and says, hey, I, I have, we're going to travel to Capernaum, but you're going to go home because you have business at home. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I don't have to. No, you're going to go home. And that, that follows through because he ends up going back to his home. Yeah. And his mother-in-law is really sick, right? Yes. And he's and, taking care of her. He's, yep. And he sings to her. Which is yeah. a funny scene that Andrew kind of his brother hears him in the other room and makes fun of him yeah. a bit later for us. <laughs> nice song, bud. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was it was tender. Yeah, it was a tender moment that yeah. keeps us uh, in in it keeps it in my mind that Peter does have a family. He has a life. He has a wife. He has a mother in law uh, whose health is failing, and I think that's foreshadowing to what we know probably is going to happen in the future. But uh, so there's this check in, right? Um, so, but now let me uh, let me turn the, the attention to this interaction that Matthew is having with Quintus, mm-hmm. right? So there's this interaction. If you guys remember Matthew and his guard, I think the guy's name is Gaius or Gaius or something. Yeah, yeah. They're standing before Quintus. Do you remember sort of what? It starts there outside, and they're waiting by this big pile of treasure. Do you remember that, Leah? What, 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 what are they doing? What is this treasure? If I'm correct. Now, this is sometimes like Matthew's plot line sometimes gets me confused um, just because of all the cultural stuff that's going on during that time. I just, to be honest, I just don't know enough about it to know all the details. But I, to my understanding, what it was was that um, Simon was able to pay off all the debt that he had by, you know, the previous episodes with all the fish and the boat. And there was a lot that, you know, they sold from that. So they have a lot of money and a lot of good stuff in that that treasure. And um, yeah, I guess, I mean, to my understanding, is that correct? Is that what that was? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was kind of telling him to act normal. And he was like, oh, forget I ever said normal. Cause you know, he was talking to, but yeah, it was kind of like confusing. That scene was a little bit confusing, but I think to my understanding, that's what it was, right? It was the debt yes. that they had paid off. That's the okay. payment. Yeah. This, yeah and that's they, the they big payment. <laughs> two whole boats full of fish. And okay. you know, how could this happen? That, went, this that actually went over my head. I, that's yeah. interesting. Wow. So that right. was what Simon gained from yes from their from catch. The fish. Yeah. No kidding. Okay, that well, makes sense. That, that was the reward. Yeah. 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 And so what he did was he paid off the complete debt. And then, like, even if you remember, there's this part where Matthew has it completely calculated in his head. It's like two years, seven days, fourteen, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, plus the penalties and his exemption for his wife, and he goes down through the whole oh, yeah. thing. 
this is exactly what it is. And then like they're waiting for other guards to come and transport it. So they're a little nervous that somebody might attack them. And so, but any, anyway, they end up at, you know, guy or uh, Quintus. Quintus's, you know, ruling room. Yeah. What do you guys remember about that, that interaction? Yeah, I think uh, so. You know, they're talking about how this happened and Matthew is just basically he's very straightforward and outright saying, well, what this happened and there was no other way around it. And I think Quintus is kind of like assuming that there was some ill things that happened behind it. Obviously, because that there's is no impossible, way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um, I'm not going to lie. Quintus is not like I don't really connect with his character at all. I think that's like the only cheesy part to me. And Leah, you probably know a lot more since you've seen episodes in the future with Quintus, but like, I think the guy playing him, I struggle with. I think yeah. he's supposed to be intimidating. I think you're supposed like, to. I think you're supposed to struggle with him because he's yeah. the worst. <laughs> he, yeah, he is the yeah. worst. And I feel like I'm supposed to kind of like, because he, the way he plays off Matthew a little bit, I'm supposed to kind of get a laugh out of. And like, yeah. I think he comes across too uh, nerdy yeah. and he's supposed to be a little more intimidating. Yeah. And I, I, I totally struggle when he's on screen. So I apologize if I have anything <laughs> when it comes to Quintus. But listen. No, I, no, you're good. I just think that actor, like, it's hard to play a character that like, I mean, maybe it's not hard. Maybe some actors have it, like, they find it to be easier. But yeah, I think we're supposed to feel that way about him. Like, we're, okay. I, I'm like, not too sure. He's such a conniving, like, kind of slimy guy. Like, I just don't, I also struggle with him when he's on screen. But I think that, like, I kind of got to lean in and know that, like, that there's probably a reason for that. Like, I think I'm supposed to feel that way. So that's good. That means they okay. achieved yeah. their goal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes yep. sense. Well, they definitely fear him, yeah. and he doesn't seem like someone we would fear. So that's the weirdness of it, that's, you know. But he's kind of he's he, he's pure evil. Like that's okay. I think that's how he's playing it. Another thing that's fun for me is that yeah. he just marvels at Matthew. He's like, "You are just so odd," you know. Like, and <laughs> yeah. then he's trying to tell him, "Hey, go have him do it again, right? Go go do this magic trick again," yeah. you know. And he's like, "No, it wasn't him. There was another man. Ah, I don't care, you know. Like just." You know, forget it. Just it's not him. And so you can tell they've set this up that Matthew is completely confounded by what he saw. Mm -hmm. And that plays out later in the episode where they talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. Um, but he's just like, hey, I've got to go now. Herod is coming. Yes. He even asked Matthew yes. for advice. Yeah. Like, how would you handle this? Yeah. Like with Herod coming in unannounced. That's right. And Matthew kind of just gives him an answer. And and Quintus is so like, that is the easiest thing. He's I should, blown away. I should have thought. Of that. Yep, yeah, exactly. So he helps him out. He's definitely, he gives the guard a promotion. Like, in sure. the, like yeah. okay, you guys have done really well. Yep. Like we're, he even mentions like the tax revenue. This actually tips them over into the black, so to speak. So they're in a positive. So it's, everybody benefits from what happened in that miracle yeah. with, with the fish. Yeah. Everybody, you know, uh, Andrew and, and Simon are free. Quintus has got his, you know, you know, treasury is full. Yes. Everybody is benefiting here. And that's, that's a really unique scene because it ends with those guys leaving, but Matthew is still the one that's trying to explain that it yeah. wasn't Simon Peter. It wasn't Simon. It was this other guy. Right. And they just keep denying it. Like whatever. It's so, like almost like Matthew is too smart for his own good too. It's kind of like what kind of like came across. Like he is so brilliant that like it, it bothers Quintus. Yep. And he uses Matthew yep. as a tool for him. Yes. To get that across. But so 
Yeah. Now let's cut back to the disciples. And so that they've, you know, Simon, Peter, and a couple of them left. The rest of the crew are walking. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they meet uh, an African woman. Yes. I love the representation. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that was awesome. It was so powerful. And so then, you know, you've got this display where Jesus makes an immediate connection. Mm -hmm. And he does something with her jewelry. He said, oh, is that from Egypt? He noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't he say, he's like, oh, well, I am from. I'm I'm from Egypt. Right? They start and, speaking Egyptian, basically, yeah. and oh, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, like, and all the disciples are dumbfounded. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Oh, like what? He's speaking Egyptian right now. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, what Sorry. he does is he establishes with this woman that he spent some time in Egypt. Well, for those of us that know the story from Scripture, and they they give you this breadcrumb, and then you take it and you go, "Oh my gosh, Herod tried to kill all of the babies in Bethlehem." about two years in, trying to kill the Messiah. One of the disciples kind of puts the pieces together and he's like, wait, wasn't that when? I remember yes. if it's that scene, but he was like, you you were a part of that? And he kind of just like looks out and he's like, yep. Like, like he, I yeah, don't know was if it was tragedy. that scene exactly, but yeah. it happened and it was, a, it was a tragedy. And you can tell Jesus is very heartbroken about it, knowing that, yes. like, knowing what, what had happened through that. So that well, was kind of cool, but yeah. So- it's so cool because then you're like, oh, wow. And then there's this connection with this woman and it's so, it's tender. You know, it's just immediately he connects, uh, she's picking flowers and then all of a sudden they're interrupted. Mm. And so do you remember, you guys remember who interrupts them? Yeah. Leper. <laughs> yeah. So actually it was really, it was really interesting. So I was watching it here on the TV and Callum was sleeping and Mary's like shriek literally woke him up. Like she, like she was so scared, right? She goes, she notices that he's coming. The music kind of changes and everything gets kind of intense, right? You see this man walking towards them and all the disciples start to draw their weapons and they're like, back up, get away, get away. And they're like being extremely scared and hateful towards this man. Um, And then that's when it kind of, shifts and jesus goes no he kind of puts his hand out he's like no i got this walks towards him and then you know he does a miracle yeah. so. there's <laughs> a huge powerful moment yeah yeah well i Leah, you just reminded me of like something that i forgot to mention earlier that happened in the beginning of the episode that's kind of called back here it's just like obviously the way that the people react to people with leprosy like yes. to lepers at the time it was like very hostile but also, I think they kind of referred to there was a certain distance that you needed yes. to keep. Kind of yeah. reminded me a little bit of social distancing, a little yeah, bit. Like, like four, with the six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> but they had to keep a certain distance away. And Jesus right away breaks that barrier as he walks yeah. towards them. They're like, Jesus, what are you doing? Don't yep. You're going to get us all killed. <laughs> yeah, We're all going to get it. We're all going to get it. Yeah. Yes. And so, but Jesus walks towards them. And yeah. obviously, you know. Yeah, the man falls at his feet. And it, it's really out of Luke's gospel almost verbatim. A leper comes to him and says, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can heal me. And he knows it's Jesus because uh was it the wedding miracle? Was yes. it the water? I, heard, he heard I about know that? his sister know. was a servant at the wedding. Yeah. That's yep. it. Yep. That's what he says. So, they so write- in my opinion, this is kind of the first time that people are spreading some like people are starting to kind of figure out that he's doing some miracles. Yes. And yes. I think this is the first time that we hear someone else say, I heard from my sister that you can do a miracle. It's um, she was at the wedding. That's right. Yeah. It's starting to kind of catch a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful no. interaction, obviously uh, very powerful, brought the whole room. I don't know about you guys, but 
you know, to tears sure. because this guy is desperate. He's at, at he basically near death says, Lord, I know you can, you can help me. And if you're willing, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the part. And I think that's so powerful because Jesus answers him. He says, I am willing. And he touches him, which is a very, very powerful moment for me because like nobody could touch these people. Nobody could get close to them. And he gets right in this guy's Dude. person's face. What I thought about too is like maybe like how long has it been since this man has even been embraced or touched by anyone? Yeah. And the fact that Jesus is that close to him and puts his forehead on his and embraces him in a hug, I just can't imagine like physically how that would have felt to be held again by someone and go, okay, I can like finally touch someone because it was probably a very lonely thing for him, you Absolutely. know, to just yeah. be by himself. So, oh, it's beautiful. It but it's but it. But, and then they do a nice job of the camera work, but those spots of leprosy start to fade. Yeah. And this guy kind of regains his strength. And then there's this beautiful restoration that's happening right before our eyes. Yeah. And then the guy's like, thank you. And he's sobbing and he just kind of holds him. And then Jesus, you know, immediately turns and says, who has an extra tunic? You know, and they go to this comic relief where there's everybody's like a, just like, there's a pause. Yeah. And then they all just start like pulling that, like at their bags and checking their bags. Yeah, it's but, hilarious. No, just one of you. Just one of you. Yeah, but just one. So then yeah. They, yeah. it's beautiful. Do you remember the end of that interaction, Leah? It was really funny. We were laughing about he it. He says, you know, he's like, green is definitely your color. And then he says, yeah. not too shabby. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> not too that's shabby. exactly what he said. Yeah. So he puts it yeah. on him. You know, and then like who would have thought that Jesus is not too shabby? I don't <laughs> think, yeah, that's like a little, that's just so funny to me. But also another thing about like, I have to, I know it's already been talked about in this series with you guys, but um, this Jonathan Rumi character. So Jonathan Rumi is the actor who plays Jesus. I am so enamored with him and the way that he's able to do these things. The smile on his face, when you see him start to like watch this man be healed, he's touched him, he's done the whole thing. But the look, if you go back and watch that scene, the look on on Jonathan Jeremy's face, right? Like Jesus's face is almost like he knows what he did. Like he knows obviously that he's healing this man, but it's like he's watching him be healed and he he starts to smile in the corner of of his mouth. And it's so powerful because I'm like, how do they depict that so well, right? Like mm-hmm. Jesus just being so stoic and so like calm, knowing exactly what he's about to do. But he watches the man kind of get this joyful spirit and then it's almost contagious. Like Jesus is smiling right back at him. And he's like mm-hmm. in the moment with him, just as happy and as excited as as the man is. And I think that part I actually wrote down because I was like, that smile, like just the way that he's able to portray that, that joyfulness is... Mm-hmm unmatched with also yeah. pairing it with like a lot of depth too i don't know yes. this this jonathan Rumi guy is pretty talented in my yeah, opinion yes so. <laughs> and, and they're portraying it camera wise and music and the, just the drama of it in a way that really captures how we want jesus to look at us sure. you know like we've all come to jesus if you've had an interaction uh you know and even regularly if you're desperate and you come to the lord and say i need you and I know you can do this if you can help me. And then he says, I am ready. And so be healed. And, and that smile is powerful for us. And, and so we seek that from, from God. And that is accessible to us, uh, that Jesus does care for us. And he loves us right where we're at. And so um, he gets inside our dirty. He gets inside our mess. He gets inside our disease and, you know, helps us. And so that was a really powerful scene. Obviously, a 
a signature moment of the series. And um, so they switch from there, though. And the last thing I'll, I'll mention is that it's very um, important to know that the Egyptian, uh, the Ethiopian woman yeah. observes all this. She drops her flowers. She's like, oh, my word. What have I just what have I just uh, experienced? Yeah. You know, so they switch now. And Simon and Andrew, who were separated from Matthew or separated from uh, the group, they are obviously at the home of the Zebedees. And so, you know what? It's kind of the second half of our episode. And so let's just take a quick uh, break and we'll be right back. The Encouragers United podcast is a joint ministry effort with the Walnut Creek Mennonite Church here in beautiful Holmes County, Ohio. If you live in the area or are visiting the heart of Ohio Amish country, we invite you to visit our church. We welcome you to visit and share a Sunday worshiping with us each week at 10 a.m. We offer a warm and welcoming environment where you can feel at peace and hopefully connect with God. Walnut Creek Mennonite Church is a member of the Evangelical Anabaptist Network. We seek to blend the foundational traditions of the past with an exciting vision for the future. Walnut Creek Mennonite Church, God-ordained, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led. Learn more about us at our website, wcmenn.org. Hey, we want to talk about what happens when Jesus arrives at the home of the Zebedees, right? So Papa Zebedee and his wife are going to host everybody, and as soon almost as he starts talking, a crowd starts to form, right? That's right. That's yeah, it's so cool. Like, you know, it, 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 I love how in this episode, it's kind of like, um, you know, before it, it felt like, you know, Jesus was, you know, performing miracles, but they're very much in private. But now it's, it almost seems like he can't escape that. And it's yeah. just like everywhere he goes, people are noticing. They're like, oh, that's, that's the healer. That's yeah. the, that's the one who performed the miracle of turning water into wine. Yeah. And so, uh, basically everywhere they go now, it, it is not long before people start showing up. That's right. Really and cool. even they bring some characters back from the, from the previous episodes. Can Which you remember? I, noticed. Yeah. I didn't notice until you pointed that out, but That's it's right. uh, from the episode where they go to Mary's for yes. uh, the Shabbat dinner. That's and, right. The blind woman. Yes. And I believe his name was Barnaby. He's yeah. kind of a comic relief guy, but he's coming up. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, that's right. And they're in the window. You're and having a party? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, funny about um, about Barnaby was that he was like, "Hey, I heard you turned water into wine. Can you do that at the well at my house?" Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was. And then Jesus yeah. was like laughing at him and stuff. I love That's those right. two characters. They are awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. And so they they just really start to develop, uh, you know, even further. The, the the Simon Peter character is kind of like, "Man, this is getting out of hand. I don't know about this." And and one of the disciples is like, "Just relax." You know, he wouldn't have called us if we didn't know what to do. And he's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, just be yourself. Just be yourself. You know, he mentions about being like, you're supposed to be a fisher of man. He's like, I don't know what that means. That's yeah. it. I don't even know what that means. Yes, right. He's like, just be you. Okay? Yes. Just be yourself. So it was, that was really powerful because he's trying to figure out who he is and in this new, you know, sort of life. And that isn't that like all of us, you know, we're like, I don't know, you know, two years ago or so. We became pastors. That's right. I'm like, what? I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, well, just be yourself. Leah's dealing with being a mom right now. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'm just trying to be myself, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So 
Um, let's switch back because they do a nice little scene change where Shmuel, the Pharisee, yeah. and Nicodemus have a cool interaction where they're alone and they have to process what happened with this John the Baptist issue. Yeah. And so Nicodemus actually asks Shmuel to read a passage of scripture from Isaiah. That's right. Yep. In that scene, it's really uh, interesting because it kind of, the main takeaway from that is Nicodemus kind of challenges Shmuel to uh, not keep God in a box. It's kind of like the right. phrasing that he uses. Yes. So, you know, uh, when they talk about John the Baptist, Shmuel kind of like he mentions all these things, how it's blasphemous of what he's talking about. God can not become man. That is, that's that, right. Anyone who claims that is blasphemy. And Nicodemus said, but are you limiting God yes. from doing yes. such a thing as that? Yes. And and that interaction is really cool because Nicodemus is obviously uh, a lot further along than where Shmuel is or uh, basically all of the other Pharisees. We're going to see yes. that later when yes. they do come into contact with Jesus at oh, the end man. of the episode. Yeah. And so the cool part of this for me is, is – uh, Shmuel reads this Isaiah passage, which basically is the passage that states there's a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make way for, you know, the king, make way for the Messiah. And he's like, who could that be? And Shmuel just knows it. He's like, that could be John. He's like, okay, then let's talk about that. It's like, no, this is, this can't be, that's not the way this is supposed to be. And so it's a really great setup. Because then they get interrupted to say, hey, there's a teacher that's like down in the slum, down in the red quarter or whatever. Yeah. And he's teaching and there's a big crowd. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, well, let, let's go see. You know, so then they 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 both assume who that is. They, they they're like, okay. Must be someone, someone yes. that John was talking about. That's right. Um, and at the same time, then you flash to where um Matthew and his guard and they're all st- you know, at the tax collection booth. And he's like, hey, there's a big disturbance down in the, you know, well, all right, we got to go. Close up your booth and let's go, go home. And Matthew's like, no, I need to go see too. He's like, whatever, you know, come on. So they, all the worlds are going to collide here, right? Right. It's really ramping up and it's where all of it is coming together. Every, every little yeah. story is is going to build up to this interaction that is going to happen later on. One thing I might add too, is that whenever I'm telling people about The Chosen, I always tell them to hold out until five or six. I'm like, keep watching until you get to five or six. Everything's going to come together. I promise it's going to make sense because this is one of the biggest episodes that I feel like a lot happens, a lot kind of comes together because a lot of times it can be a little bit slow starting out. And Mm -hmm. like every single time I'm telling them about, I'm like, just wait till six, wait till the end of six. You're going to get it. Like it's going to come together. I promise. So this is, this is exciting for sure. Yeah. So part of this crowd you see a familiar face. Do you remember who this was? The lady, mm-hmm. the Ethiopian woman, yeah. is is doing something. Leah, do you remember what she's doing? She's got her her friends behind her, and she's basically trying to lead them to go see Jesus. So she's trying yeah. to get through the crowd, and she sees Mary, Simon, and Andrew. I think right yeah. for Simon and Andrew first. Yep. Um, and she's trying to get her her friend, who's looks seemingly paralyzed. He's in a little like. They're carrying him basically on a blanket or some sort of, basically they're just trying to get him there. There's four people behind her and she's like, I need to go see Jesus. I need to see the healer. Um, and she's trying to push through the crowd a little bit. Yeah. And, and there's just no way, like there's no way to make it through. Yeah. And, and so there's this cool yeah. interaction though, where they confront Mary 
And Mary's like, I'm sorry, you can't. It's like, I'm not going to interrupt him. He's teaching right now. Help her first, right? Because the Tamar starts saying something like, you know, what would you do if, if you were him, right? Like, wouldn't you try to do everything you could? And she kind of had a powerful line where she says, I was, I was him at yeah. one point. So yes. she kind of gets it. She clicks and she goes, okay, I'm going to try to help. I'll do everything I can. She yep. tries, right. you know, there's a couple of seconds there where she's trying to push through and she's like, I don't want to interrupt him. I can't interrupt him. Yeah. And then, but you know, go ahead. <laughs> they, they move up to the roof, you know, which is this classic gospel story, which we all probably read in Sunday school, you know, and the friends of this man are so passionate to get him to Jesus that they go up on top of the roof of the building. Mm -hmm. Now, the cool thing about this scene, though, is that you've got all these storylines coming together. Yeah, right. It uh, cross-cutting. Yeah, what, what we call it. Like um, one of my favorite filmmakers does that so well is like where you have like eight storylines going on in one central location, but like in different conversations, different different uh, problems are happening, like it's yes. circumstances, and so Jesus is teaching and yep. like. You got the, these biblical teachings that like we've read about and that yep. we know, and, and it's so powerful to hear it because it's it's made personal. Yes. Because just even watching someone preach it, it's just, it's completely different yes. there. Then you got Matthew who is trying to see if this is the one that he saw on the shoreline. Yep. And uh, you got the two kids from the, you know, yeah, from the, the, previous from the episode. episode where Jesus loves the little children. And yep. it's just like, all of this is going on. You got Simon who's walking around and he doesn't know what his role is. So he's yep. kind of, you know, uh, talking Jesus up, he's like, "Hey, you know who that is in there? That's that's that's, that's Jesus of Nazareth. That's yeah, right. can you hear him? Okay, you 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 comfortable? You okay? Yeah. That's right. He's making that's sure right. everyone has yeah. a, a, a a way to see Jesus and that they're hearing him all right. It's so funny, just all the dynamics that are at play at one time. Yeah, and and so they cut to Shmuel and the you know Nicodemus show up, and Shmuel gets pushed right up to the front. So like he's in the window looking in, and he looks at Jesus. And so then we progress through his teaching where he's, you know, getting, and then all of a sudden there's this disturbance up above them, of course, and the stuff starts falling as we typically would remember. And they lower this gentleman down to see Jesus. And Jesus is then looking up at the Ethiopian woman and she's saying, I know you can help him. Please help my friend. And it's just this powerful, emotional kind of connection. And, but he uses it. To really teach everybody, yeah. right? He never yeah. wastes an opportunity. Even before that, Leah, do you remember what Jesus said to uh, to the Ethiopian woman on the roof? Because that, oh my gosh, like gave me my hairs on my on my arms stood up, man. It was very. I thought about that line so often, and I'm like, if we like, if I get to heaven someday, and that sentence is said to me, he looks up at her and says, "Your faith is beautiful," and yes. I just. I like that to me was, um, was a pretty amazing moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got yeah. chills right now. All That's right. right. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, and, and again, the actor and actresses do such a great job of yeah. really putting, you know, a reality to this. They put, music, right. I don't know if yep. you've thought about this music yep. that's been playing throughout this episode and it yep. comes throughout the series, but it's just this woman's like this chorus of voices that kind of has like a little bit of a, a drum to it, but it is, it just shakes me every yep. time I hear that song. You know something good is about to happen. Yeah, something sure. crazy is right. about this to go down. You know, the camera good. angles kind of switches a little bit, but they do such a great job of this, this soundtrack that plays every time Jesus is working. Because yeah. yeah. it, it gets me every time when they hear when I hear those voices, I just, I lose it. So, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, it's it's That's, become a part of the response to the, the emotion and the brain, you know, your brain connection. and It's kind everything. of a calling card to when Jesus yes. is about to do something 
uh, uh, not human. Yep, you know, that's right. the yeah. God part of Jesus, that's right? right? And yeah. so, and, and I love, I'm people. a soundtrack guy. I'm yeah. a nerd. Yeah, me too. So yeah, I listen to like soundtracks in the car, like, yeah. like it's, like it's Matchbox 20. I don't care. Like I just, I'm listening. And it's like, so I, thank you, Leah. That is awesome because the, it is so powerful and it, it is an integral part of the, the show and why we, what evokes those emotions when we, when we're watching the episodes. Right. Well, let me, let me, I'm going to take a, a liberty here. I, I was so moved by this point where Jesus looks at this gentleman and is obviously paralyzed and it's, it's stated he's been paralyzed since a child, you know, and he's just devastated. Uh, by this situation with this man. And he says, my son, your sins are forgiven. And that's the weird, that's the strange part of this is because he's like, okay, wait a second. This, yes. Like who has the authority, you know? And so then he looks at Shmuel, who's this Pharisee, this unbelieving, hard-hearted, you know, stuck in his ways. Yep, yep. And he says, who is it that speaks these blasphemies to who but god <laughs> could forgive sins oh you know goodness and so he he looks at this guy and he looks just totally piercing into his heart and say because he, you can tell he just said what shmuel was thinking yeah and then he says what would be easier to say forgive your sins or get up and walk and so he he kneels down to this gentleman and says be, so that everyone would know you know I say to you, get up and go. You know, take your bed and go home. And it's like, boom. Yeah. Like, and then, again, like you said, all of these storylines sort of collide right there. That's right. Because Shmuel is seeing what he sees. Nicodemus is watching. Yeah. Matthew is watching from the rooftop with his notebook out. Right. Like, eating pistachios with the kids. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Simon is amazed. Mary's amazed. All these reactions, and then the guy gets up. I'm mean, like, what? He wiggles his toes. That's first, right. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Yeah, and he gets up, and so Leah, take me through how this guy walks out of there. Do you remember this powerful scene? So, one thing that happens, I think, before he even, or maybe while he's walking out of the door, so everybody kind of gets out of his way. They're all kind of like not sure what's going on, but it's real quiet. He gets up, takes his mat, and starts to walk out the door. And I think two of the Pharisees called out for the guards, right? For yeah. someone disrupting yeah. the peace. Or he said something like, uh, go get him. He, you know, whatever. They use some line. The guards draw their swords, and then chaos breaks loose, right? Yeah. So everybody kind of starts to freak out. Women start running from the house. Um, oh, I think she came out. She lost her. I think because Jesus, um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. So Jesus... Yeah, Jesus actually kind of looks at Simon. And I, again, I have to just kudos to the actor here for doing this. But the way that his face kind of like, I feel like in every instance where things kind of get a little bit scary, Jesus is somehow so calm. Yeah, he gives Simon this look where he just knows like, yeah, it's about to go down. So let's get out of here. Right. (laughs) And he just kind of like he has an all knowing presence with the way that he looks at people. He just kind of quietly exits, leaves. And then when the man is walking out, everything around him, the way they do this scene is so crazy, but everything around him is kind of people are running, calling out. He locks eyes with Nicodemus, but he is so calm. He's like almost in shock of what's happened, but he just kind of quietly, softly looks at Nicodemus, 
and keeps walking and walks and walks and walks right on past Nicodemus and his jaw is just like what did I just watch right (laughs) but it's a really powerful moment because he locks eyes with Nicodemus while all of this chaos is happening and it's almost like they share a moment of just being like whoa you know (laughs) I've seen it yep I saw it with my own eyes yeah and I love the way they did the music and stuff there it kind of dropped to this almost like all the like like the excitement yeah it it was like like a war it was almost like how they do cinema in in a movie where there's a war scene or something almost like slow motion and everything just dropped right to quiet and then there's this drone of a like oh it's like a home yeah yeah and so it was sort it was really powerful obviously um then you know what what we see is that the disciples and jesus sort of figure out a back way outside the house because the roman guards are coming in they're beating on the doors they're like hey let us in these guys start to escape out the back yeah and so then there's two other things that that i want to talk about here before we come to a close one is mary and nicodemus's interaction and then jesus and matthew's interaction if you guys remember that so maybe one of you take each one what what, how about i i can do the nicodemus one real quick uh just you know so nicodemus is kind of frantic that jesus has escaped this scene because he needs to talk to him he's like i he is he needs to have a conversation with jesus after after witnessing that and so uh, he's kind of looking around he he bumps into mary and you know they have you know crossed paths a couple times throughout the series so far and uh he basically is asking like how how can i see him i need to to meet with him and talk to him please like i need to i need to have even if it's in private i don't care if it's in the middle of the night yep and mary i mean help me out charlie but mary basically says like i don't don't." we don't have a plan yeah like he doesn't share where he's going he doesn't i don't know but mary please help me please i know that this is true tell me i'm not being deceived tell me i'm not being deceived that's so powerful and for a seeker for a person who's curious and you know trying to to figure out who this jesus character is it's such a great picture mm-hmm. of how we come to the lord and we say i i, I hope i'm not being deceived right like, and so she says, I'll try. I'll try to figure it out. And in the chaos of that, she has to go. Okay. And so then Leah, as they're leaving, like there's this mad rush for the back doors. And so there's, and all of a sudden, Matthew, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think what happens here is like up until this point, Matthew has kind of been lurking in the shadows, right? Like he's always, he's kind of been watching. He's trying to figure out who Jesus is, what's going on. But in this last 30 seconds of this episode, Jesus turns around and actually makes eye contact with Matthew acknowledging that hey I see you I can sense you and I see you and I'm going to turn around and it's so quiet it's so subtle but they just lock eyes and Matthew kind of gets a little scared right he's a little skittish so he feels that power of him looking at him and then kind of like hides a little bit behind the behind the um, building or whatever but I just think like I said it's kind of interesting because up until this point Matthew's just been secretly watching, kind of thinking that he's hidden in the shadows, that nobody really knows what he's doing. But then Jesus acknowledges him and says, like, not says, but looks at him, you know, and, and a lot can be said with just a, a glance, but um, just looks at him, locks eyes with him and kind of acknowledges, hey, I, I see you. I know that you're there kind of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so yes. much said yeah. with no words. Yep. No, exactly. No yeah. <laughs> yep. No dialogue. Yep. But just a, a glance back. As he's leaving, does you know, he share a smile? Does he smile at him? I, I don't think remember. so. I, I think, think he's so. pretty yeah. stoic. Like he just kind of looks at him, and yeah. then 
turns and walks away. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So with, this isn't over, right? He's like, this is not. This isn't over. That's right. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So hey, this has been great, guys. But I'm going to give you one more chance. What was the most powerful moment as you review this episode? What was the most powerful episode or part of the episode that that you can remember? What was your gotcha moment? Leah, you have one? Yeah, my, um, I think overall my gotcha moment, I mean, is the whole episode building up to this one scene of, of Jesus healing this, this uh, paralyzed man. But I think what makes it special for me was that number one, I think he says, so he says, again, you touched on it, your sins are forgiven. It's a very out of the blue kind of thing to say, right, to someone who's physically hurting. Um, but I think there was something that was said. So like, when Jesus said that, to me, at least the number one thing, like there was two things that I kind of got from it. One was that he, he kind of knew that the Pharisees were listening. And that was that there was he was making a point to say something that might be a little bit scary, right, for that Pharisee yeah. to hear. So he kind of ticked him off with that. But I also think that it was very directly pointed towards the man, right? So towards the towards the paralyzed man, because I feel like back in that culture, at least to my understanding, at least how it's been given to me was that like a lot of times if you were sick or if you were blind or if you had some sort of physical ailment, um, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was a little bit of an overarching thing that either your parents had done something or you had been sinful and, you know, God was punishing you for something, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times, like in that culture, people would look at people who were, you know, ill or whatever and kind of give them like a sneer of like, oh, you probably deserved it, right? So I I have a feeling there's been a lot of guilt that this man has been feeling. He's trying to figure out what did I do in my life? Where did I go wrong? Why am I paralyzed? What did I do, you know, to, to -hmm. let God, you know, let this happen to me. Right. So he's kind of wrestling with some of that. And I think by God, like by Jesus looking at him and saying like, Hey, your sins are forgiven. He was almost saying like, it's covered. I got you like, you're okay. And it's not your fault. Right. Like I've taken care of everything. Um, so not only was he healing him physically, but I think he was healing a lot in him emotionally, um, just with that one phrase. And I think that really stuck out to me. And also the way that the man walked out of the house, he wasn't giddy, wow. right? He wasn't like staring at his feet going, oh my gosh, I can walk. He was more so very like introspective in the sense of he was very quiet. He was kind of just like processing what happened. But yeah. that's what makes me think that he did a lot more healing with him inside than on the outside. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, yeah, wow. his feet were okay. healed, right? His feet were healed and his legs could move again, but yeah. he wasn't focusing on that when he walked out of that room. He was focusing yeah. on the experience that he just had, at yeah. least to my understanding and what I got from it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he was healed physically, but I think that man was healed very, very emotionally and just yep. within his heart and a lot was going on there. So I'm going to start crying right now. Yeah, that's, my right. Goodness. that's awesome. How about you, O? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, that last final obviously the whole series i feel like like i was telling you earlier charlie i felt like this episode could have been like a season finale because it felt like it kind of even though it's the start of jesus's ministry it felt like it it wrapped a bunch of the storylines that have been set up in the prior five episodes and so and it is just a culmination of every character that has been established is there and so like the word that i would describe this episode as was just overwhelmed like I was so overwhelmed watching it that I was shaking like we watched it together obviously as a church and and so there's a lot of people I was with our youth group and so I have to (laughs) I have to be careful but like literally like watching I was so overwhelmed by that I could have just like laid down in fetal fetal position (laughs) and just sobbed for an hour like it was so overwhelming to me but uh I think 
Leah, you kind of touched on it earlier, and, and I, I appreciate you, you know, like acknowledging Jesus's actor. Is it, what, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Rumi. Is that how you say it? Yep. Yep. Okay. So, like, what really got me in this episode, especially with his depiction of Jesus, was even before he healed uh, the man who was paralyzed from the waist down. I think he had this like you could see it in his eyes. Like he looks up at the Pharisees and he's, he's kind of, there's a pain. There's like a heartbreak that like, he's going to do this and he's going to prove this point both to the man who needs healed and also to everyone listening and especially the Pharisees. But it it breaks his heart knowing that if I, like when he does this, it's going to, they're going to call on the guard. It's on and they're going to have to, they're going to have to leave in in private. And that's, I think just the way that that, exchange happened just one look in his eye like towards the pharisees it was heartbreaking because it's like it it, it reminds me of that passage in scripture when they're going into is that they're walking into jerusalem and jesus is just overcome with emotion it's just like they're missing yes and it's so sad that this is happening like the messiah that they have been praying for is here and it's not a celebration it's it's actually kind of heartbreaking and so that was so when i say overwhelming I was so overwhelmed. So yeah. that was that was probably what stood out to me the most. Charlie, I'm a movie guy. And so like my favorite art form, like bar none, like the thing that speaks to me the most, I more than a lot of other things is movies and, and film. And so visual depictions. Yes. And I gotta say, like, especially after this episode, I I am so impacted by this. Like yeah. I think yeah. that and you know it's not one in one with scripture, and so yeah, it, it sure. is it is man made, and it is and it is a interpretation of mm-hmm. what the gospels are. Yeah. But I am like I this is honestly one of the most powerful things I've ever seen before. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So can I say one thing real quick, sure. Owen, just yeah. in response to you, just um, because of what you said. So I think the reason that they called it the chosen was that this isn't necessarily a show that's about Jesus, right? It's actually about all the people that he's touched and encountered yes. and i think that that's like because if you look at like even just the the images that are on like the cover or like on the streaming site it's all the faces of people in the show but it's not the face of jesus and i think that right. that's what's so interesting and that's why us as believers and humans are so touched by it is because we feel or we're trying to at least what they're trying to convey us to feel is almost what it would have felt like to be one of his followers And to be one of those chosen people that got to meet him and got to interact with him. And I think that's why it's so special and it's so emotional for us is because we've read these stories before. We know what's coming. We know exactly we could, you know, open the Bible and go ahead and read the exact same thing. But there's something, especially for us artistic people who do a little bit better with seeing things or hearing things um, and even just the creativity of a show like this. I think it can do so much for at least it's done so much for my faith of just feeling a little bit closer to jesus a little bit closer to these stories yes um and actually just going wow like seeing mary or seeing these characters that i've read my whole life in the bible about but there's something about seeing their faces and seeing this emotion that it almost kind of helps you put yourself in that position and go wow i'm totally like looking at the story completely differently now right like i've read the story of the man being paralyzed and the roof and whatever but having the friends be a part of it, you kind of put yourself in their shoes and go, wow, I'm seeing all these different angles that I don't think I would have been able to really pull from, except at least just for me, like pull from the scriptures. Um, So I think that's why, like, that's why I love it so much. I just think it it touches us as believers in a way that it's not necessarily all just about Jesus and like the sense of it's about the people that he loved and people that he cared for. And I just think that 
we're those people, you know, so it, yeah. it touches us in a, in a different way. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think, and like, even with that, it's kind of like, sometimes I have to not remind myself because I know this, but like, I kind of like, when I, I reflect on the episode, I'm like, wait, I have a personal relationship with that yes. Yes. Jesus, yes. with Jesus. Yes. Like what? He's and it's like, like <laughs> my Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the one yeah. I, I, I talk to, I pray to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like every day. And it's crazy because I'm like, I, I, I think sometimes we can get muddy with, you know, it, it is a, a visual interpretation, but like that, who they are portraying here is the Jesus that I know and love. Yep. And that that's a great segue into my gotcha moment, which is back to what I said about the authority. Who has the authority here? Like yep. this common man that nobody knows about from Bethlehem or Nazareth or the well-established, you know, Pharisees of the of teachers of the law, the teacher of teachers. And even as pastors, as a church leader now, I don't want to have masks. I don't want to have a plastic thing, face. You know, I want to be real. I want to be like Jesus. I want to touch people. I want to see love and, and connect with them in exactly the way he does. And so that's the model for me. You know, even as a pastor, as a person who is a minister of the gospel, as a vocation, you know, like, so I'm putting myself in his place as well, saying, I want to touch people like that, Lord. Will you walk with me that way? You know, will you teach me how to do what you do? Well, that's what his chosen will do. That's right. Exactly. And that's what we're called to do as well. Exactly. So, hey, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Leah, for your time and your patience, your little guy there. And uh, so (laughs) blessings down there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And we cannot wait until next week. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on this uh, journey through The Chosen. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth review and our personal analysis of this remarkable series that brings the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ to the big screen in a very compelling way. If you haven't already, we highly recommend that you check out The Chosen for yourself and for your family. It's a beautiful and thought-provoking portrayal of the life of Jesus and all the people who are touched by his presence. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please remember to subscribe, leave us a review, or even share it with your friends and family. Your support helps us to continue to create content that explores and celebrates Christianity, uh, the love that Jesus gives us for each other, and being encouragers along the way. Stay tuned right here for more exciting episodes coming out each week, and we're going to dive into the rest of Season 1, episode by episode. And as always, thanks for being a part of our podcast community. And as we say, start where you are, take what you have, and do what you can.